Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Pacers on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can get a daily dose of great information about your favorite NBA and NFL teams, including the Pacers, right here. My name is Tom Lewis of IndieCornrows.com, and on today's episode, we will hit on the Pacers beating the Philadelphia 76ers in overtime 122-115. to wasn't the prettiest game, but it was a W, which no one turns down. And at the Fieldhouse now, the Pacers are 4-0, but still searching for some consistency along with that discipline, accountability, that are going to be able to take them to another level and hopefully get a road win on Friday against the same Philly team. So don't forget you can hit me up with any comments or questions via email at IndyCornrows at gmail.com and on Twitter at IndyCornrows. So about the game at the Fieldhouse, bottom line, Pacers win 122-115. In OT, after being down by six points with 2.45 left in the game. Now, I have to admit, as this game was going on, the Pacers and Sixers kind of went back and forth a little bit. The Sixers were in the lead quite often, but I never felt like the Pacers were actually going to dump the game. Unlike, you know, watching the game at Chicago or at Charlotte, where it seemed like I never thought they were ever going to get back in the game. This one kind of felt like eventually they'd kick it in the gear and take the win. But lo and behold, with about 2.45 left in the game, they're down six. And after uh, Dario Saric hit a three, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this game is in jeopardy for real. Philly's looking for their first win, and the field house is a little bit stunned. And so, fortunately, Jeff Teague came to the rescue. Yes, Jeff Teague. Big game from the uh, Pacers point guard. He scored nine points in two minutes and put the Pacers up by one. And then after a, a quality effort on the defensive end, really Pacers had the Sixers scrambling for 23 seconds. And Montreal's fell down, defense got lost, and somehow they were able to, to get the ball over to open Gerald Henderson. He beat the buzzer and knocked down a three, uh, but then Paul George coolly went on the baseline, hit a jumper to put the game into OT uh, eventually. So Pacers held on to um, keep things alive. And then in OT, played possibly their best stretch of basketball of the season, at least at both ends. Defense really on point. Actually, you know, the defense was pretty good in the last two minutes, too, um, when they were scrambling to uh, come back. Uh, but in the overtime, it's... 
the type of thing you want to see from this team for 48 minutes and further frustrates everyone as, as they can see that type of effort, that kind of ability, that type of capability, I guess, at the defensive end. But regardless, they took care of business and got the win and are now 2-0 in overtime games, which is already an improvement over last season when they were 1-7 and in OT games. So looking at the numbers a little bit, overall, it was, again, the first half saw some alarming numbers as the Pacers to a Sixers team that is not one of the best at the offensive end. Uh, they gave up 60 points, were down by six at the half. Um, then they rallied back to outscore them in the third quarter, and then everything was even up at the end of the game. Paul George finished strong, started strong, finished strong. In the middle, he was saddled with a little foul trouble, didn't play his normal rotation at the end of the second quarter, but did finish with 28 points uh, and eight rebounds. As mentioned, Jeff Teague had a real solid game at the offensive end. Uh, finished with 30 points, made 9 of 10 free throws, uh, also dished out 9 assists, and only had one turnover. So off the bench, C.J. Miles had another good outing, making 3 of 4 three-pointers and delivering 12 points. And Al Jefferson came up real big, scoring 18 points with 6 rebounds, did a great job filling in the gap for Miles Turner as the young uh, fellow for the Pacers was saddled with some early foul trouble as well. Had uh, four fouls of the game, and early on had to sit down as Jaleel Okafor seemed to be getting the better of him. I kind of thought with Joel Embiid out that Turner would have an advantage against Okafor, who has not been a real stellar on the defensive end. thought maybe the quickness of Turner might be able to draw him into some foul trouble, but uh, Okafor was pretty solid, didn't actually have any fouls in the game. Finished with 15 points, he only played 23 minutes, but as it turned out, uh, if you want to combine Al Jefferson and Miles Turner into a Mongo center for the 52 minutes of, or 53 minutes of the game, uh, they combined for 33 points and 15 rebounds, which is not too shabby, and Turner had three blocks, so that's some uh, pretty good production from uh, your center spot. So overall, uh, free throws, Pacers allowed 19 free throws. They took 20 themselves and made 15. Fortunately, the Sixers uh, had a double biscuit situation, missing 10 free throws overall. And no doubt will be kicking themselves about this game going into OT with all those missed free throws. Uh, speaking of Okafor, he missed one of, uh, only made one of five free throws and missed the golden fifth free throw, which gave everybody the sausage biscuit from Hardy's in the morning. So as far as turnovers, uh, those continue to be an issue. Uh, the Pacers had 15, but allowed 24 points on those turnovers. Rebounds were about even 43 for the Pacers to 44 for the Sixers. So overall, they held those big key numbers in check, but it wasn't the game that they're going to put up on the mantle as uh, one of their better ones of the season, but any win is one they're going to take home. Now, before the game, uh, I was able to ask Nate McMillan about the discipline and accountability that we hear uh, players and, and McMillan talking about 
and uh, you know he also has been talking a lot about consistency and you know one of the parts of that consistency is that he doesn't really want to make a change at this point this early he wants to allow uh, these newer lineups that haven't played a lot together to develop some of that consistency and chemistry and and see if they can pull it together before pulling the plug but that remains to be seen how that will work out and in the meantime someone still has to hold the players accountable for poor play and personally I think the players need to be holding each other accountable and so that was one thing I wanted to ask McMillan about is, is where's that balance from um, and how much does he think the players should impact that accountability piece and he's getting enough of that from them so he also in this clip you can hear him um, replying to question about the team's defense um, and if there's any differences from what they've been doing in the past few years and how is the defense maybe different for Jeff Teague and and um, how he's trying to adjust to what the Pacers are doing. So here's Coach Nate before the game tonight. You know, we're, we're sticking with what we've done over the last few years. We know that we may have to make some adjustments, uh, but we want to teach the basics right now. Just, you know, guard your man. Uh, contain the ball, keep the ball in front of you. Uh, weak side, you know, has to be in the paint and has to be connected. And you know, the biggest key on the defensive end of the floor is communication. Uh, so no, we're not we're not changing. We're not we haven't become a team that's going to uh, switch everything. Um, you know, basically we play our man uh, with weak side helping. Is Jeff T being asked to do things that I, I don't remember exactly how Atlanta defended last year, but. It's, he being asked to do different things? I think their coverages is a little different than ours, uh, but you know, for us, uh, our defense has not changed. You know, we, we uh, in pick and roll defense, we, we, get, we want pressure on the ball. Uh, our bigs need to be up communicating, and our weak, weak side needs to be uh, in tight. Uh, we have been a team that just, we work to guard our man with uh, a strong weak side. When you talk about discipline and accountability, how much of that has to come from within with the players? And do you think you're getting enough of that from the players? Well, it, it comes from all of us, you know. It, it, you know, it certainly starts with me. And, um, you know, then it, it trickles down to the players. And, you know, uh, me in the sense that, you know, we, we keep it simple for what we expect our guys to do. We try to put them in position uh, to do that. And then uh, if they're not, uh, then we have to get guys out there that will. Um, and then our guys, you know, we're, we're seeing these things on tape. Um, you know, again, you, you can make a mistake, and I don't want guys to go out there and try to play mistake-free basketball. Um, but when we continue to, to see that, then we have to look at doing something different. So, again, what we're looking for is consistency uh, from our guys and, and being disciplined and, um, you know, how we play the game on both ends of the floor. Okay, so as you hear from Nate McMillan, he is definitely covering up for his players and taking the bulk of the responsibility for any accountability that's being doled out as um, starting from the top with him and his coaching staff. So that will definitely be a work in progress. Uh, we will continue to monitor as the season progresses. Now, moving on, um, the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, been great support, and there's some great shows out there you got to check out. Um, definitely look to 
here the Locked On 76ers show with Keith Pompey as the host. Uh, recently on Locked On NBA show, uh, David Locke uh, was able to talk with a unidentified NBA coach to get some unfiltered comments about other teams around the league from the coach's perspective and without having to capture the comments um, using the veil of anonymity. And among the teams he talked about were the Pacers. So here's a clip from the Locked On NBA show, which you should listen to in its entirety. But here's um, what the coach had to say about the Pacers. A team that a lot of people really liked that when I've watched this year, I didn't think looked right. They're 3-3, three and three, uh, so it might be too early to say that. But Indiana doesn't look right to me. New coaching staff, maybe it's just going to take some time. But what's your thought on what you've seen out of the Pacers? Um, I, think it's, I think it's kind of what you said. I think it's going to take them a little bit to try to figure out um, their, uh, you know, who they are. I think their, their defense is obviously taking a you know, step back um, you know, at the start of the year. I'm sure it's not where they want it to be. But you know, to me, I, I saw an interesting stat the other night and actually kind of went back and watched the game to see it. But uh, you know, Mont- Monte Ellis the other night only took four shots. And, you know, Monte Ellis is a proven, like, above average, really, really good scorer in this league. Um, but you know, he's got to have the ball in his hands. And, you know, with Jeff Teague coming in, you know, he, Jeff Teague has the ball in his hands a lot, you know, to do, be able to do what he does. And obviously you got Paul George. Uh, so it goes back to what we've kind of been the theme of this early in the year is, you know, when you inject, you know, new dominant players into systems, it, it just takes them a while you know, to kind of figure out and how to play to, how to play with each other. And, you know, everybody, you know, one, we shorten the preseason games a little bit. But even in the preseason, you know, the, these guys don't play a ton of minutes together. So, you know, you're still now – now they're playing 30 minutes a night, you know, most of that together and trying to figure out where they get the shots and stuff. And um, I, I think the offensive stuff will figure out with them. But I, I agree that they haven't been right. And, you know, you know Dave, there's a lot of people right there in the preseason that got really excited about them and act like they had a chance to really, really challenge for something. And, um, you know, we'll see. But the other thing, as much as, as uh, Miles Turner is, is a phenomenal talent and has had some great, great games, you know, he's still a young kid. And I think consistency, he, he's a big key to their team um, in, in how consistent he can be playing both ends of the floor. I mean, obviously you talk about, you know, um, jaw-dropping things he's done. He, you know, once or twice a game, he just does something that's just absolutely phenomenal for a six-eleven, seven-foot guy. Um, but I think right now, just the, the, his youth and his body and his consistency um, is, is an area where he's really got improved on. Hmm, sounds like some spot-on analysis from the NBA coach there. Uh, a little measured criticism of the slow start of the Pacers, but. Obviously waiting to see how the new parts come together and allowing the team to grow a little bit and show some patience before passing judgment. But more importantly, I think the comments about Turner uh, really kind of mirror what I was saying before the season started about having to rely too much on Turner as a 20-year-old and hoping he can provide a supporting role as opposed to more of a leading role because you're going to just simply have consistency issues with Turner. And the key is getting some of the veteran players, Thad Young, Jeff Teague, Monte Ellis, all those guys to pull their weight and not put a heavy burden on Turner as he continues to grow. And 
Then they can utilize his immense talent and let him flourish um, in his own time. So, sounds like a smart coach. All right, well, thanks for listening. Love to hear your thoughts on the Pacers. Hit me up via email at IndyCornrows at gmail.com or on Twitter at IndyCornrows. And don't forget, you can find the podcast on Audioboom.com. Also, subscribe to the pod on iTunes, uh, as well as Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and Google Play, where you will be able to access all of the prior episodes on all the outlets. So, check them out. Okay, that's a wrap for today. You've been listening to Locked On Pacers on the Locked On Podcast Network. You got it. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17